You're listening to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast, the place where women leaders, founders, and CEOs come to break free from binge eating so they can have more peace, energy, and make a bigger impact while enjoying the foods they love. One of the most common struggles that I hear all the time is comfort eating at night to eat, to ease the pressures of the day, to comfort yourself um, after a long day, but really feeling like it gets out of control and then you end up really overdoing it, waking up feeling like you have a stomach ache, feeling guilt, and just feeling like, you know, unfulfilled potential. You know you'd be better at what you do and be stronger in, in, in every aspect of your life without this hindering behavior, right? And you w- want to feel probably a sense of freedom when you eat, like a sense of peace and to be able to indulge, yes, but to indulge in moderation without feeling like you're going to go overboard. You probably want better health. You know, maybe you want to lose 20 or 30 or more pounds. You know, you want to feel sexy. You want to feel confident in, in your clothes. You want to try different fashions and look cute. But more than all of that, just to be able to live life fully with no limitations or restrictions. And, you know, one of the big pitfalls that we get into is we think that the answer, the solution is to get more control. We think if only I had control over food. I recently watched uh, Jane the Virgin for the first time. Yes, I know I'm late to the party, (laughs) but I love that show, by the way. I so relate to that character. Um, Minus the artificial insemination part. (laughs) But there was a scene when she was talking to a mentor about her novel. And there was a problem in her novel. And the mentor said, you know, usually the problem is farther back. And, you know, true of writing and true about binge and emotional eating. A lot of times by the time we're actually in the process of binge or emotional eating, we're all, we're often focusing on that moment. We think, man, if I could, if I just had more control, if I just had more discipline, and you're thinking that you're just weak, when actually there were all of these things that happened much earlier that resulted, that culminated in that moment when you're losing control. And they actually had nothing to do with food whatsoever. And this is totally normal, by the way. But often, you know, we're focusing on the event of going overboard. And the thing is that the event was long in the making. It actually started when you, you know, you skipped lunch to take another phone call or to put off eating, to answer all the emails, you know, or you said yes to something, even though you didn't really want to say yes to it, or you allowed somebody to, you know, to trigger you and make you feel less than, um, or you ignored what you were feeling when something bothered you, when you feel, when you felt sad or disappointed, you stuffed those emotions or you ignored them. 
all these things can add up and really pile on to the point where, you know, when we get to the end of the day and all we're left with is ourselves and our and all those feelings that we stuff down all day, now, boom, it hits, you know? And the thing is that, you know, if you also have barely eaten anything and you've barely taken any any breaks or even you know, taking a moment to pause, you're hungry, you're angry maybe, maybe you're tired, maybe even lonely. So you've got the whole halt in effect, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. But yet in that moment, when we're feeling out of control with food, we're not acknowledging our needs. We tell ourselves, I'm so weak. I don't have enough discipline. I have no willpower. I'm out of control. Look, it's not a matter of more control. And you're going to get tired of hearing me say this probably. It's a matter of loving ourselves enough that when we recognize that need for a break, you know, one hour, two hours into our day, we stop and give ourselves that break knowing that you are a precious asset and your output will rise to the level at which you're caring for yourself. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. When you know at a visceral level that you are a precious asset, your output will rise to the level at which you're caring for yourself. I already know this. If you're listening to this, you're probably getting a lot of shit done already in your life. You're probably doing amazing work, although you may or may not be really able to fully acknowledge that for yourself. But you probably have a lot of people relying on you, depending on you, asking you to do things, reaching out to you. The reason they're doing that is because you are amazing at what you do already. You know, you are probably a go-getter and a high achiever. You're probably very accomplished. You probably have a lot of recognition that's external, you know, whether it be awards, certifications, degrees, So you're probably already doing excellent work, but how much more of an impact could you be making if you were really taking care of the asset? You know, there's a reason why the president has the Secret Service, right? Because if something were to happen to the president, the asset, well, then a lot of stuff would not be taken care of. Right. And it's the same with you. You've got to take care of yourself. And, you know, too often we think we're going to leave that until the end of the day, until I check up all these boxes, do all these tasks, get all these things done for everyone else. And then I'm going to have a time, uh, you know, moment for myself. But by the time you get to that point, that time that could be restful and rejuvenating actually becomes this, you know, this time when you really detract from your well-being. 
Why? Not because you lack control or willpower or discipline, because look at all the discipline and control and willpower that you used all day long. It's really because you used it all for everyone else and everything else. You didn't use it for yourself. So if you really want to do your best work, take the best care of yourself first. You don't need more control over food. You need to value and love yourself more. But how do we do this? I talked about this in the last episode. And this is, again, this is, this is work that requires going very deep. It's not about lighting scented candles and taking bubble baths and getting massages, you know, all these things that, that people tell us, you know, self-care. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going under the surface of all of that and really getting down into your deep embedded conditioning and programming. That's what I help people do um, through the embodiment method. A place where you can really start is to look at all the places in your life that you are over stretching yourself. Start to notice those moments when you deny yourself. What did you feel when your coworker, you know, disregarded your feedback or your boss didn't acknowledge your contribution or you know, you didn't get a thank you for for something that you went out of your way to do for someone else. How does it feel to go all day from task to task to task? You know, do you feel a sense of peace when you're going through your day? Or do you feel a sense of anxiety? Like everything's never going to get done. So the first step is always awareness. And until you acknowledge these things for yourself, then it it won't change. That's the first step that you must take is to just really acknowledge where you are and acknowledge that, you know, the way that you've been doing things hasn't been working or that at least that it could work better. If you're listening to this podcast, you didn't come here to fit in and fit the status quo. You're here to live an extraordinary life and have an extraordinary experience of life. And I want to ask you, you know, what is it costing you to continue to chase control of your eating instead of being a person who naturally cares for yourself from a place of truly valuing and loving yourself? And which one would you prefer? So when you can shift your mindset from thinking that you need control to thinking that when you value yourself, your eating will sort itself out naturally, that's when you set yourself on the path to lifelong change in your relationship with eating. That's when you set yourself on the path to see your weight release naturally. And because it releases naturally, releasing permanently. 
results that are sustainable because it's just who you are. And I think that that's what you're probably wanting if you're here listening to this right now. Before I really understood this, I used to do the same thing that you probably do now. I used to try to force myself to change. I thought that I wasn't good enough just as I was to show up and do whatever I needed to do or wanted to do in life. I worried about what other people would think about me, about my weight. You know, I I used to judge myself and beat myself up for, you know, eating something that I thought was wrong to eat or, you know, um, I didn't let, allow myself to experience pleasure from eating because I always felt guilty about eating, you know, cake or ice cream or cookies, anything that seemed indulgent, I could never truly enjoy it because I thought I didn't deserve it, you know, because I wasn't skinny yet. And it took me a really long time and a lot of layers to peel of the the onion, so to speak, for me to really feel valuable, you know, I had to really, um, first of all, intentionally reprogram myself, recondition myself, let go of the past, forgive myself for where I was, you know, for, I had to forgive myself for allowing myself to gain as much weight as I had gained. I had to accept myself, you know, and here's a place where you can start today. You can start literally right now today is look at yourself in the mirror. Um, naked, look at yourself naked in the mirror. Look at your body. Really look at it. Okay. When I did this, I remember it was hard. It was really hard to do. It's amazing how much we can do and we can't look at ourselves in the mirror naked. I started looking at myself in the mirror and looking at my body and I started to tell myself that I accepted myself unconditionally, you know, whatever flaws I had. And this is an exercise, by the way, that I um, I got from a book I'll recommend to you because it is a wonderful book. It's called Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, written by Nathaniel Brandon, the definitive work on self-esteem. This exercise, you know, you, you say, whatever my flaws, I love myself completely and unreservedly. And this, I think this is so important because, you know, it's, this time is very interesting to me in terms of where health stands, particularly in the West, where it's going, because you're starting to hear people tout this rhetoric about being healthy, you know, even if you're 600, 700 pounds. 
right? Let's assume you you're you can be healthy at six or seven hundred pounds. <laughs> so I you know I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. But let's assume that you can be healthy at 600, 700 pounds. But what is your quality of life? How good do you really wake up and feel every day? And you can ask that question at any size, all right? What is your quality of life? How good do you wake up and feel every day? And that's really what matters fundamentally underneath all of it. How good do you wake up and feel day in and day out? And so you can start here with this question. This question, um, you know, when you, or I'm sorry, this exercise you can do, you know, look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself, I love, I accept myself. Because, you know, there's a difference between accepting yourself and and being resigned. You don't have to. You don't have to be resigned to where you are right now if you are 50, 100 pounds or more overweight. You don't have to, you know, accept it in terms of um, a life sentence. You can accept it and you can accept yourself and love yourself right where you are and let that be the foundation of natural change. Natural meaning nature taking its course and letting go of weight that no longer serves you because on the inside, you are a different person. So, and then the other exercise that I'll recommend for you is to, it's from love yourself like your life depends on it. And that is also another mirror exercise that you can do where you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I love myself. So, you know, these exercises are often dismissed because people really want to, honestly, they want to take the shortcuts. But how long have you been trying to take the shortcut? So how short is the cut really? (laughs) You know, I know for me, I tried the shortcut approaches for, you know, 20 plus years. And I finally took the, the quote unquote long way and what I had been trying to do for 20 plus years, I did in a fraction of that time. And I was happy through the process. I enjoyed my life during the process of losing 60 pounds. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that can that happen when you start flipping the whole paradigm on his head. And instead of trying to, you know, Um, Start by controlling your food or, you know, losing as much weight as you can, as fast as you can. You really make your changes from the inside out so that you lose weight and eat healthy as a natural extension of who you are. That's when it feels effortless. That's when it feels 
like you can just do it for the rest of your life. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, I hear from students when they apply those principles inside the embodiment method that talk about how to change your self-image, your subconscious programming about yourself, about eating, about weight loss. When you start to value yourself, you know, pillar two, aligned eating choices. It's about valuing yourself and having your eating be a natural extension of your own self-value. And in pillar three, where you really shift from fighting cravings to being able to actually work with them and use them to your advantage. You know, imagine not fighting food or fighting yourself or fighting your body to change, but those changes happening before your eyes as a natural extension of who you are. You know, what would that mean for your everyday life? What would that mean for your weight one year, three years, five years from now? One of my students reached out and said that um, since last January, she's already released almost 50 pounds. But the thing is that at the end of that email, she said, I'm just enjoying not binge eating and applying the principles of the embodiment method. What's possible for her is possible for you. You know, we all came into this world with the exact same equipment, so to speak. You know, if you have a brain that is fully functioning, you can apply all of those same tools and principles to your own life. It's just a matter of allowing yourself to believe that it's possible for you. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any um, insights or ahas, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Rashandi Yates. And as always, if you get any insight, um, please share this with your friends and leave a review on Apple. Helps us reach more people with this very important message. And I will catch you on another episode of the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashandi Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.